0: Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study.
1: So, by God's grace, um, for the past several weeks now, we have been looking at the um, brethren who have worked closely with Paul in doing God's work. And I remember we have said that we know Paul We've read a lot of his letters and what he has done for God, but Paul was not alone. He worked with a team of brethren, he worked with fervent men and women who were hearts who, whose hearts were on fire for God, and they did the work of God together. Now, we might not, they might not be in the limelight, they might not be in front, but that doesn't mean. What they are doing for God is of less value than what Paul did. So by God's grace, we looked at people like Timothy, if you remember, and how the Lord helped him. We looked at Luke, the physician, who was a traveling companion of Paul and was very dedicated to documenting all the events That they have been passing through. So we looked. At um, the other brethren. We looked at um, Aquila and Priscilla. The couple. Who worked closely with Paul. If you remember we saw how. God used them to encourage. Apollos. To know the way of the Lord. More accurately. If you remember. The Bible told us in. Acts, I think it's chapter 16 now. Uh, I'm, I'm wrong with that, but I remember very clearly they introduced Apollos as a preacher of God's word who knew the way of the Lord. But by the time he came in contact with Aquila and Priscilla, the Bible said they showed him the way of the Lord more accurately. And we were very challenged in that study that no matter how much we know God, God is still wanting us to know him more accurately. You know, so we 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 looked at um Aquila and Priscilla, we looked at Timothy. We also I think was it um excuse me? We, uh, yes, you said.
0: Yeah, the last
1: one we studied, uh fourth night ago, is the life yes. of uh, Tichikos. Yes, T yes,
0: Yeah, and old for 7
1: to 15. Exactly. The brothers and the other team that worked very closely with Paul. And like we said, because they are not at the forefront, they were not the people we know readily, does not make what they are doing for God of less value. This is the body of Christ working together to glorify the Lord Jesus and uphold his banner. So in, it is in that same vein. We just want to, we're not digressing. We, the overall thing we've been looking at is the qualifications of those who will serve God in his vineyard. That was what brought us to examining these lives. And we just want to now, we're not digressing. We want to just go to the Old Testament. We want to examine, I'm sure you've done it in your own private study before, but it's good to look at it completely. We want to examine the men who came together to make David king. We want to see in a symbolic way, who are those who are going to work together to make Jesus king in our generation or in their generation? That's what we want to look at. So um, let's go to the old testament. We are going to go to Second Samuel. <clears throat> Second Samuel chapter 23. So we want to just study some of these men. And the reason why we are studying it is we want to draw spiritual insight for our own lives also. By God's grace, we are not studying this just for academics. We are studying it and asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to my life living in 21st century Britain as a Christian? How, Lord, am I going to um, harness your truth so that it becomes a deep source of divine inspiration for me so that i too can make you king in my own generation so um we want to read from verse 8 second Samuel chapter 23 um let me ask Samuel can you read from verse 8 for us Second Samuel 23 from verse 8. Yeah, we'll take it down straight to um it's going to be a long read, but let's just let's just look at it together. We're not going to cover everything, but let's just read it down to verse 23.
2: Okay. Uh verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had, uh Joshua, Bashabeth, Beth attack attack him a night he was the chief of the three he wielded his spear against 800 whom he killed at one time and next to him among the three mighty men was Eliezer the son of Dodo son of Ahohi he was with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel withdrew he rose and struck. He rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clung to the sword. Oh, and, the, and the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the and the men returned after him only to strip the slain. And next to him was Shama the son of Ad, Adi, the Hararite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where. Uh, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils, and the men fled from the philistines but when uh but he took his hand uh, but, but he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it, and struck down the Philistines, and the Lord worked a great victory and three of the thirty chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave of Eim when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold and the garrison of the Philistines uh, was then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, oh, that someone would give me a drink, give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried it and carried it. Uh, and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. So I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives. Uh, therefore he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. Now Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zerubb, chief of the thirty. And he wielded his spear against the three hundred men and killed them, and won a name beside the three. He was the most renowned of the 30, and became their commander, but he did not attain to the three. And Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, was a valiant man of Kabziel, a, a doer of great deeds. He struck down two aerials of Moab. He also went down and struck a lion in a pit on the on the day of the snow falling. Uh, and he struck down an Egyptian a handsome man, uh, the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but Benaiah went down uh, with him uh, with him a staff and snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things did Benai, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and won a great name beside the three mighty men. He was renowned among the thirty, but he did not to the three and David set him above uh, over his bodyguard.
1: may God grant us understanding as we look at his Word together now um, just a few points quickly before we expound on some of these men who the Bible called them in verse 8 these are the names of the mighty men whom David had very touching David by God's grace a man after God's own heart he did much for God in his own generation but the Bible said he had men, mighty men and the first instruction I sense very deeply is who are the mighty men Jesus has in his own in this time because we are talking about David here but this is just symbolic for us in the living in our generation now if the Lord Jesus was listing his men he has now in this generation the question I'm asking is will my name wow. be there that's the question David had mighty men. God brought men around him and you will soon see from this study that these men were human beings whom the Lord used to do his work. they were not strong in themselves. We are going to study it very closely to prove to you that it is actually God walking through these lives. remember we've been saying in the last in our last studies that Paul God helped him. He was a he was a servant of God. He was sold out to do God's work. But also, he had brothers, he had sisters, he had brethren who were around him, who God also used as in association with Paul to do his work. Look at the, the, the wonderful couple, Aquila and Priscilla. These were not frontline preachers. They were not miracle workers like Paul. They were were, were a devoted couple to the work and the ministry of the Lord Jesus. That they were able to call a preacher. The Bible called Apollos a man who was mighty in words. He was a prolific, eloquent preacher. And by God's grace, Aquila and Priscilla were able to call him and show him the way of the Lord more accurately. That shows you again that there is no there is no um, superhero in God's vineyard. We are all meant to work together in in cooperation and in harmony, so that the name of the Lord Jesus can be magnified. So, if you if we start looking at these men, the first thing we want to take note of is that they were the men the Lord had. Yes, the Bible said they were mighty men whom David had. But actually, even David will attest to it that these men, they are the lords. That's the first point I thought I should raise. Now, we'll start looking at those men individually, but it is not, you know, at times when you read some of the names, difficult to pronounce at times, but it doesn't matter. The issue is, what did these men do? How did they become mighty in the things of God? And how can we also draw spiritual lessons from the lives of these people, what they did, and apply it to our own lives now in 21st century? Now, I will just raise this point. So they talked about the first person. You see, mind-breaking um, tongue names, but it doesn't matter. The first person we see there is Josheb-Bashebeth, the Tachyomite, chief among the captains. He was also called Adino the Ezraite because he had killed 800 men at one time. Question number one, can we discuss? How is it that one person killed 800 men at one time? How is it that we are trying to remember? We are drawing spiritual lessons for our own lives. How did this? These are these are so. The first thing: what will be his occupation, or what will be his training that he is able to handle eight hundred men and kill them?
0: He's a mighty warrior, George. Yes, and I'm sure he did not become mighty uh, overnight yes. and he has to be trained, really trained hard. I'm sure because <clears throat> that's how, you know, these uh, mighty like warriors or uh, let's say soldiers we have, that have to go through uh, training <clears throat> and uh, like uh, sweat and blood training, you know, but yes. so uh And dedication, focus, Mm. and until, you know, once they will be fully trained and then that's the time that they will be assessed if they are ready to go out for the battle. Mm. And I'm sure this uh uh, warrior that David has, Mm. you know, he cannot slew 800 in one time, but Mm. God has used him Mm. as a vessel and it is God's work. Mm. because there is no way George there is no way that even how good he will be can he slew 800 at one time mm. so through him God has used him to be able to slew these 800 men and that mm. is the hand of God
1: you know you said something very important which we would elaborate on mm. how does a man do this if he's not a warrior So, we notice here that this man was a warrior. He was trained in battle. And that also reminds me that the direct application for me as a Christian now is that I too must recognize that I am a spiritual warrior. Jesus brought me into the saving knowledge of himself, rescued me from the the kingdom of darkness, so that i can be translated into the kingdom of light and become the lord jesus's um, soldier my calling now has changed i am now a spiritual warrior in god's army for this man to just heal 800 people 800 men at once And the 800 men he killed, they were not just watching him and saying, hey, you can come and kill me. No problem. I'm here for you. No. The people he was fighting were opposing him. And the Bible said he was able to do this. And Nika raised the important point. There is no way he could have done this on his own. The Lord
3: used him to do it. And um, George. Yes. In 1 Samuel 22, it kind of states where they came from. So in 1 Samuel 22, it actually says that David departed from there, escaped to the cave of, of Adullam. Yes. And when his brothers and all his friends had it, they went down to him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitch in soul, gathered to them, and he became commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. Yes. So the thing is, if you kind of realize their past is that most of these guys were like the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. and uh, God turned them from the lowest of the low to the mighty men. Mm. So yeah, like but you also got to realize is that um, in the because you you think the English is hard, I've I've put the um like a transliteration of the actual Hebrew yes. on the uh, in the in, in the in the in the chat. So, uh, if you see okay. some the transliteration of the, trans- okay. of the um, kind of words, so it's like, a, so, so, yes, yeah, so it's it's a lot more harder in the Hebrew, but there's a lot more meaning behind. It. I was trying to find what the meaning of certain words were, so because when it, it talks about the the tachinite or things mm. like that, or yeah, you said like that it was just it's just quite fascinating.
1: So, you know, Dom, you've you've raised that important point for us in that First Samuel twenty two. These people that gather to David, look at what the Bible said in, in verse um, 2. Everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. We are seeing the qualifications there of those who will fight the Lord's spiritual battles, whom the Lord will use as his battle acts in this generation. People, God. People who are discontented, people who are in distress, people who are in debt, not physical debt, spiritual indebtedness. Yes, Martin.
4: I was thinking of um because it's quite a wide ranging subject. Yes. I was thinking of Gideon. Yes. Look at him, fearful of the the battle to come. Mm. Treading uh, hay in a wine press, yes, and an angel found him and he became a mighty man, didn't he mm. and do you remember when he fought the final battle and he had to wait for the sound of the trees and they had a clay pot, yes, the candle in it yeah and they had to break the the pot didn't they yes, and shout a sword oh. a sword for the Lord yes. But that they didn't have any swords. Yes. They just had a clay pot.
1: Yes, and a trumpet.
4: Yes. And so the whole thing revolves around faith, doesn't it? Obedience, yes. faith, mm-hmm. and total submission mm-hmm. to the will of God in every circumstance. Mm. And Samson, how he wanted to finish well, mm. blinded, so on and so on. It's all the Lord, everything. Mm. It's really important to realize that I've I've often, the kingdom of God is the opposite to the world. Mm. If you get taken as a prisoner in the world, you're put in prison, you're tortured, beaten, probably executed and, and, and treated horribly. If you're taken prisoner by the Lord, you win. You win everything. The kingdom mm. of God is upside down to the world. Yes. As a prisoner uh, of the Lord, we win. Yeah. And as long as we we remain in that position of mm. thankfulness and gratefulness and mm. faith.
5: Mm.
4: Sorry, that's all I was sorry.
1: That's all no, was, no, no problem. Thank you very much for that insight. Because it's important we we look at the being a warrior for God and actually knowing what the world or seeing what the world um, describes as um, people who are actually working for him. Anybody, like you said, anybody who is a prisoner of the Lord is actually, it's not the prison, the mental um, uh, or the imagination of what we call a prison in the world. No. A prisoner for God, Paul describes himself a prisoner of Christ, and he was doing what he did for God effectively because he saw himself as a prisoner of the Lord Jesus. Exactly. You know, so by yes. God's grace, the prayer now is oh Lord, can I be um um sincere? I know it looks as if it's a strong prayer, but it's true, it's a good prayer, Lord. Can I be imprisoned by you? so that I can do your will, so that I can can walk in faith.
4: And don't forget that when we get saved, Mm -hmm. good works are planned in advance for us. Mm -hmm. And so the expectation is that we will complete them, whatever they are and wherever they are. All we have to do is be obedient and listen and serve.
1: Can we go back to these mighty men?
4: Do you think it's different because it's the Old Testament? It's not not different. The Old Testament was written for our learning. Yeah, I understand that. But do you think the the mental, the thinking was different because they were under the law and they had different uh, standards and rules at that time? Yes, but...
1: Remember, the thinking might be different for them, but the question is, how does that apply to me now?
3: So you have uh, Hebrews eleven, then you have Hebrews eleven because it was by trusting in God that was it Abraham. Or I guess you've you got the men of faith in the past. Yes, yes. So, um, Kevin. what it says, uh, what, should, what should I say in uh, Eleven thirty-two. There, there isn't a hunter to tell, like Gideon, Barak. David, Samuel and the prophets. Yeah. Who through trusting God, conquer kingdoms, walk, righteous received what was from shut down the mouth of the lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, had the weakness to the strength through mighty in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back from their dead uh, resurrection. Other people were stretched on the rack right and beaten to death, refusing to be ransomed, so that they would gain a better resurrection. So yeah, they all had the same kind of faith.
4: Well oh, yes, it's and I oh, absolutely. It's about submission
6: and obedience. Yes. Yeah. Kevin, you want that to do something. Yeah, I mean, I think it is different. Uh, I mean I, I put up the scripture of Jesus there, John eighteen four six, in the Garden of Gethsemane. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. And I think it's that um we have that power and authority that we have. We're not about killing, are we? We're not mm-hmm. about killing people no. uh, physically. Um, we are about killing them and, and then raising them up alive as, uh, as as Christians in that sense by sharing the gospel. Mm. Um, so I think it's, um, so I think, it, I still think it's valid to say that we should have confidence as these would have had confidence yes. in the battles that we're in. But it, I think it is a different battle yes. that we've come to fight. Exactly. So absolutely.
1: So that's why when the Bible said somebody um, killed eight hundred men at once at one time, you can see that, like you said, it's a different battle. So who are the who are the people that come our way that we want to conquer for God? We want to bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus in our lifetime as we live on this side of eternity, and we meet people in and out of our lives daily. Are we saying, Lord, how can this man be conquered for you? How can he be brought into the kingdom of your dear son, Lord? Can I be a, a, a spiritual warrior who will not be satisfied until men are brought to, down to their knees to the reverence and the glorification of our Lord and Savior Jesus? That is the issue, you know. That's why now when we are talking about. Um, looking at these warriors, um, 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 Kevin has told us, we are not killing men physically. It's not about a physical battle. No. It is far, far, far spiritual. And the prayer now is, oh Lord, how can I be challenged into doing what I ought to do for you in a spiritual sense? As long as I am alive, as long as I am living on this side of eternity. You know, so I just thought it's important we lay the context properly so that will, as we study these lives, you will soon see some of the things they did and you, you'll be asking yourself but how is it possible? Like if you look at verse 9 now, the Bible talks about another person called Eliazar, the son of Dodo the Ahohite one of the three mighty men with David, when they defy the Philistines who were gathered there for the battle, and the men of Israel had retreated. So they went to battle. They were facing the Philistines. And the Bible said, men of Israel had retreated. But look at what he did in verse 10. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand stuck to the sword wonderful
5: if you I mean, just read, if you read in um yes. uh, 1, one corinthians 11 uh, yes. verse 12 it says next to him among the three mighty men was eliezer the son of dodo the ahoite he was with david at pastamim when the philistines were gathered there for battle there was a plot of ground full of barley and the men Fled from the Philistines, but he took his stand in the midst of the plot and he defended it and killed the Philistines. And the Lord saved them by a great victory. Mm. It's not the men. It's not the men exactly. The saving, it's God that does it. We see this time and time again. Abraham holds his um, staff on high, and while his staff is held, so the Israelites are winning. Moses, Moses, yeah. But the minute he he gets tired and it starts to fall down, so they start to lose mm. because the Lord is not being honoured in it. So mm. two men hold it up either side with, with with Moses, so that the victory is assured. And this is Chronicles says to us. He it says, it says, "It's not his victory, mm. It's the Lord's victory." Yes. So it it shows us where their hearts are placed. They were David's men. Wholly committed to him, mm.
4: but they were also the Lord's men. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very, as very we, true. Because we don't have, we don't, how many Philistines do we have in Martok?
1: <laughs> we don't have Philistines. So, what is the Bible talking about there?
4: So, well, it, it, the concept now is different. the The Bible is now your sword, isn't it? Yes. And that, that's the truth. That's where we do the most damage, by quoting from the book, from the word. Yes. And we should hold that dear. Yes. Because without that, none of us would be here, would we?
5: Yes.
4: Without the truth of that word. Yes. And so Richard and I were talking earlier about how it's the, it's the bravest thing you'll ever do to become a Christian. That sounds really strange when you're sat in your nice little study with your computer talking to you guys. Mm. Brave? What do you mean? Well, if you're in North Korea, Mm. China, Iraq, Iran, India, the bravest thing you'll ever do. Mm. You can be dead tomorrow and your family in a gulag for three generations. But they do it. Mm. Why do they do it?
5: Because
4: they are
5: the Lord's. They belong yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. Mm. Somebody it in India had
4: it, He had all of his fingers broken, yeah. stabbed him repeatedly in front of his family till he died. And then another pastor came to take his place. Mm. But why do they do it? It's got to <coughs> be the Holy Spirit. It's got to be the conviction. It's got to be the desire to serve. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. It's not of us, because there's no way you'd volunteer for that, is there?
5: Mm-hmm. Once you and they don't fight back. back. You see, oh, they don't yeah. fight. It was, we, like we're saying now, there is no fighting anymore. There's no Philistines. You know, our battle is with the word, and they stand there upon the word of God, and they are mastered. Yes. So and we're, we're we're facing into the end times now, and as we face in towards these end, end times, there's going to come a point in time when we are going to have to face the persecution the persecution of the world, mm-hmm. and we are going to have to be found worthy to stand on the word. Yes.
3: The, the, these these mighty men, they were more than just. Um, I mean, if you kind of read read the life of David, like it, like like in, in in its entirety, because you have David being chased around by Saul for like the first few chapters of of, of one Samuel. So yeah. these kind of guys, so so they so so what happens is is that basically all the problem people that have problems with Saul run 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 to David. So David's kind of thinking, what shall I do what shall I do? I, I've got all these kind of men with me. Mm. And and so they're all sleeping rough in different locations. So they all have to they're all, all literally on the right. Have you ever seen the the programme Hunted? It's almost like you have so David's like the enemy of the state for like the last for the next few years of his life. With these men that he's got around with him who who are basically kind of so they're sleeping rough Day in day out, have like don't know when when they're going to live again. So they're they're literally on the run. And then so, but but not only has David got that, he he ends up having problems with his family. He has problems with because you've got even Uriah the Hittite quoted here, who yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's part of the thing to do with uh, Bathsheba. Bathsheba he, yeah. He's he's one of the mighty men, so he's he's the last of the mighty men. So yeah, so these these kind of so so it's almost the same as what the like, like these are real people that exist. We, when we get to heaven, we'll we'll meet these guys because some of these guys, you, you, if you kind of do a kind of thing... like some of them like Hittites or the, like they're not all from Israel. Yeah, they're, they're not all from Israel. There's like one of them I think it was like an Edomite or even like a, a like a a um. Was yeah, so so yeah, so they're not all from Israel. Well, and then, well, Joshua, was, yeah. Who was a,
5: yeah, um, you know, he was one of the three. Yeah. So
1: can can we just raise this issue because we've seen it now? The Bible talked about this Elazar. Um the Bible said he arose, attacked the Philistines until his hand was hairy, weary, and his hand stuck to the sword let's talk about it for you to be a warrior a spiritual warrior of the lord you are not going to be a spiritual warrior with your mouth you are going to be holding the offensive weapon of the sword of the spirit and look at this um warrior here the bible said his hand got stuck to the sword what does that tell me and you?
5: There was a lot of blood
1: there. Yes, but spirit I'm talking about spiritually now. Of course I know. Ah, yeah, but you,
5: you didn't say spiritually. Spiritually. <laughs> that no. because it was covered in blood. Yes.
1: So what, what does that mean for us now? Kevin, you want to say something?
5: Spiritually, it means we should always have the sword of truth in our mouths. Exactly. Yes, Kevin, you want that to say something?
6: Well, that was a good answer. I like that one. But I, I was gonna I was gonna mention James. They used to call him, so they say camel knees, because he spent so much time on his knees yes. praying.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm. So you know, when the Bible talked about Eliasa taking his stand,
6: it's not just
1: take you know, that's why you see when you read scripture, the question I'm asking is, how does that apply to me now? How can I take my stand in the place of prayer in spiritual warfare? How can I take my stand by holding tenaciously to the Word of God, that even when they want to dislodge the Word of God from your hand, you are stuck to it? How do you take your stand?
5: As well, a Paul says, you But have... everything has been stripped away from me. If only I can stand, it would be enough, doesn't he? Paul says that everything gets stripped can be stripped away from me, but as long as I stand, that's enough.
4: Part of the issue, part of the issue of which this is a great example is iron sharpening iron, that you're not a Christian doesn't exist in isolation. We're part of a body and we're supposed to look after each other, pray for each other, encourage each other, share the word with each other and so on and so on. And unless that's happening, then then we're fragmented and isolated. And we're of no value. Mm. It's no longer I who live. And I really believe that. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, George, I yes. think I can add with that. Like, obviously, like, if your hand is already weary, like a brother or sister, you know, can help you to hold it high again. Mm. That's and it. That's why I agree with the brother that Uh, We are in one body. We ought to help one another because there will come a times in our lives that, you know, we will feel weak spiritually. That's why we have to pray for, for one another and then help one another in, you know, counseling, everything, using the word of God so that we can continue to be a strong warrior. You know, especially if we are being attacked spiritually.
4: Mm. I'm a firm mm. well said. Well said, I'm a firm believer in the unity of the body. Yeah. And I'm I'm a firm believer in, in men, sharpening men. Mm. I don't think there's enough of it. Yes. Yeah. And we, we should and What's happened is it's got to uh, everybody's getting offended because you upset my principles or I don't agree with you. For goodness, for goodness sake, that, we're not about that. Yeah. We're about the truth, and if the truth is the truth, whether I like it or not, it doesn't stop it being true. Mm. Does it? Mm. I just need to to grow up and learn the direction in which I'm being called to to uh, to walk. You know.
1: Thank you so much. Look at the, the end of that verse 10. Um, Richard has already highlighted it. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to the plunder. So, Eleazar who held tenaciously to the sword and killed those Philistines, the Bible said, actually, it was the Lord that brought about the victory. Yes, absolutely. Not Eliezer. No. And you see, you, you see the glory in it. The Bible said the people. Remember, the is the men of Israel retreated in verse nine. Do you remember? They retreated. But when God brought about a great victory through Eliezer, the Bible said the people returned. So, what does that challenge me? About that, when you take your stand as a spiritual warrior for Jesus, when the Lord brings victory, the victory is not only going to be for you, the body of Christ will be will be glorified. The the men and women who Jesus died for will also receive victory. Because when you saw here, Eliza went, took his stand, even when people were retreating. The Lord brought about a victory through him. And then, what happened? The people that ran away came back. And you could hear them rejoicing. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! There is so victory, the, it so was the, because uh, the Lord brought uh, a victory through
4: this brother, Elias. So the challenge is then, in, in our respective places, there are always things that need to be addressed. Always. And the way that some of the influences that are coming from America and other places are threatening our youth and our, our children and the word. Yes. And we're not standing up to it. The church is not standing up to it. It's got far too liberal. Hmm. So in, a, in, in Martok, for example, there's, lo- there's a lot of things we could do in Martok if you're prepared to stand. And
6: how many people have prepared to do that? Yeah, Kevin. Yes, I mean, the, you know, Ephesians 6, where the armor of God, it talks a lot about standing as opposed to fighting, you yeah, know, absolutely, in additional yes. sense and standing on that. But I also think, you know, we are in a period of grace. And the more that the body of Christ can demonstrate grace, show that grace while it's standing, uh, and using the word of the gospel to to, yes. to do those things and to do, um we and, and to love one another, brotherly love, as we've said there. It doesn't mean agree with everything everybody says, as Martin is saying there, but it means to actually have that debate, if you want to put it that way, standing on the truth, and not allowing that to be. But do it graciously and do it in love and do it. Well, we've got because... a great example with Paul, haven't we? Mm-hmm. In, in Athens and
4: Greece at the Areopagus and, mm-hmm. and he was a Pharisee of Pharisees wasn't he? Yeah. Trained by Hiller and Gam- 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 Gamaliel he knew it backwards you couldn't argue with Paul because he knew it he knew, that he knew his Bible didn't he? he knew the Torah and he could argue with the Jews all day long we have to
3: know the word we have to know yeah. No, just said, so when talking about this, I want to, because there's this story here. Is it, then three of the 30 chief men went down at the harvest, came to David at the cave of Adullam, and the troops of the Philistines encamped in the Beth, valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold in the garrison of the Philistines, which was then in Bethlehem. And David said, with longing, oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate. So these three men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he said he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who were in jeopardy of these things? Therefore, he would not drink it. So, yeah.
4: But that, that was also, that relates to the... The pouring out of a drink offering,
3: doesn't it? But the thing is, it, it the the thing is, what you got to realize is that these three men they've got to go through the go through in harmony of Philistines. Yes. Go back, go back to David's hometown in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how on earth did they even carry the water back from from Bethlehem? They probably had like a just just like making sure the water didn't kind Of um, spew, spew, yeah, and then and then they took it all the way back, all the way to 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 David because how many miles was, was yeah, so the Philistines were camped in the valley of Rephim. Um,
1: I wanted to elaborate a bit on that, it's just I also okay, maybe we can talk about it because. After Eliazar, they talked about Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. He was defending, the Bible said, the Philistines had gathered together into a troop, in verse 11. And there was a ground full of lentils. So, the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it. And killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought a great victory. Do you remember a man who defended his vineyard and his life went for it? The man, the Naboth. Do you remember?
3: Yes, no,
4: Naboth.
1: No, yes. Naboth told Ahab who was willing. Who gave him an offer? He said, see, give me your vineyard so that I can make it a garden of vegetables. What a terrible exchange. A vineyard that Naboth had. The offer was, give me so that I can make it a garden of vegetables. You cannot compare the two. A vineyard that produces fruits year in, year out. Um, um, Ahab wanted to turn it into a garden of vegetables. And you are seeing there that Naboth said something. He said, God forbid that I will give up the inheritance of my fathers. Beloved brethren, this man here, Shama was defending a piece of ground, a piece of land full of lentils. And you'll be thinking, why what what is his what's his uh what's his issue? Why is he defending lentils? Of what use is lentils? <laughs> but it's of a good use, should I tell you why? Because every time you give room for the enemy, he's going to take opportunity to expand. If you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. Even if people ran away from guarding or taking hold of this ground full of lentils, he insisted he was going to stay there. And the Bible said he defended it. Like Naboth. Naboth defended his... he, 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 He had to be killed for them to take his vineyard. He was not going to give it up. The same thing applies to us, my beloved brethren. At no time must we, under God, as the Lord will help us, this is an encouragement and a challenge that we should not give ground to the enemy. Naboth told Ahab that he was not going to give up the inheritance of his fathers. Beloved brethren, has the Lord not given us a great inheritance? Someone like Judas. He had already entered an inheritance as being one of the 12 foundational apostles. But unfortunately, he gave up that inheritance for 30 pieces of silver. For us, again and again, we must realize that our inheritance in God is great. But the wickedness of the devil, he wants to make sure you don't see how how valuable that inheritance is. He wants you to give it up. He wants to take shift ground. He wants you to shift ground so that he can take a portion of you. But we must take inspiration from this warrior here, Shama. Even if it looked as if it was inconsequential, a ground of lentils. Why should I? Why should I defend it? He was going to defend it for the Lord because it was the Lord at the end of the day that gave me the victory. It's not about the lentils. It's the ground.
6: You don't want to give the enemy any ground. You don't say. You don't. What about about Esau and his birthright? Exactly. Thank you. For for pottage for some. Yes. You don't say. Oh, because (laughs) you don't say. Oh, they
1: are children. It doesn't matter. Let's leave them alone. No. So (laughs) if the enemy will take over, so that's why we have no option but to under God. Trust God to help us keep take our stand, even if it's in your place of work. It might look inconsequential, but it's also a ground for you to take your stand, so that the enemy will not have a field day.
6: That's also that's also why you're. I mean, it was, it was an interesting teaching the other day. You know, You said about go to Jerusalem, Samaria, and the end of the world, mm. but the, but the first of all places Beth, is. Um, Galilee, your yeah. home yeah. your hometown your home place your home location where you are yes and um we we often you we know, often don't defend that very well
5: mm. mm.
6: mm. so thing. It's a, it's a, it's almost the uh, in
4: in the in the west the the biggest issue we have in the west is apathy because that—that's the devil's. That's the enemy's weapon against us. We have everything. What do we need? We're, we're not in some third-world country. We're not dependent on the Lord for food for tomorrow or will I still be alive tomorrow? We have to deal with apathy and complacence, and it's a big thing. And then we make God fit into our lives instead of our lives fitting into His life. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to listen to, and it people don't want to be shaken out of it. They really don't. They're quite happy in their little lives, thank you very much. They don't think about the persecuted church. They don't think about um, what's going on in the world today and all of the evil that's going on around us. It's awful, and it's getting worse. You know...
1: For if you remember the men that David gathered in first um is it first Samuel now we read 22. second Samuel Second Samuel, 22. Second
3: Samuel 23
1: Samuel uh, 23. Is that the beginning of that chapter or 22? Yes. So the people that gathered to David in the cave of Adulon, the Bible said they were distressed, they were Discontented, they were not satisfied with the status quo, they were not happy with how things are. Okay, so that was why they gathered to
4: David. So the response to that, so, the, sorry, the response hold on. to that Aiken is where today in Somerset do you find people like that? Some
3: of them are on right. these that, right. right. that, would, that, would, that would be your drug addicts and people like that. That would be your kind of low down and out to so your well, home. We, we live or...
4: near Glastonbury, Dominic. They're, they're full of everything black magic. Um, It's the black magic capital of Europe. Nobody there is seeking God. There's a church in the middle of the high street. They haven't even got a gospel message outside. They have witches dancing on the lawn outside of the church.
3: So, do you go out on the street yourself? I, I used to yes cuz yeah. i i'm i tend to go out on the street myself i hand out tracts kind of there
4: the seven churches in glastonbury and not one of them are addressing what's going on in the high street it's absolutely appalling
3: so but, but you, do you yourself go on the high street have you ever been on the high street yeah, yourself absolutely. absolutely of course the thing is it's like many many people say that but the thing is if you kind of stand and see the amount of rejection that you kind of get actually when you're actually handing out tracts
4: yes i've I've been doing it for twenty years Dominic
3: yeah, so what tracks you had because I had out was it the living water do you know the living water tracks do you do you know those ones
4: I, I tend to talk to sit down and talk to people
3: yeah. okay
4: so but, um the point being there's seven churches in Glastonbury, and nobody's addressing the problem. I'm listening to Akin about quite rightly the men who are full of zeal and and want to to make changes well where are they?
3: Please point me to them because I'd like to meet them. Yes. So God is has got um, pointing to you. Probably, yes. Yeah. So
1: what you see? The reason why we are reading this is to not point at others. Is to say, Lord, let me arise and be. Yes, like exactly. You. Yes. So it's all about us now. You see, um, um, the shaman and Eliezer, the son of Dudu, and um, and all these brethren, they've gone. So we are reading their story for our own challenge. You know, what you said is so telling that there are churches doing there, but they are not handing out the gospel. But for us, the lesson is, let me be the one. And even if it's one person I'm talking to, I must not give ground to the enemy over that one life. That's the challenge. Yes. I be small, but it doesn't matter we should arise and do it. Even in our smallness, God will give us victory. You know, if, if Shaman did not say, oh, if Shaman said, oh, it's just a garden of, it's just a land full of lentils. There's no need to guard it. There's no gold. There's no silver. Why am I um, mortgaging my life? The enemy would overrun the place. You know, so the challenge here is, oh Lord, as you are speaking, to me through your word, where is my own patch I need to defend for you? Kevin talked about our own Galilee, our own Jerusalem. You know, before we start talking about, I'm not saying there's not anything wrong about doing to the ends of the earth, but we also have that's my that was my strong challenge when I when I started doing my own work. God opened my eyes to see that you spend 12 hours in a day in your shift. What are you going to do within those 12 hours for me? Day in, day out, five days a week, you are at work. That is also your area of ministry. How are you going to affect lives in those 12 hours a day you have? Are you just going to talk about politics? When you have opportunity to talk to people? No. God is saying you need to arise and defend that patch of your place of work for me. If the church, the recognized church, established church outside is not doing it, I have a responsibility to defend that patch of ground for the Lord and trust God and say, God, help me to conquer men for you so that your kingdom can be established in their lives. And as you do that, you don't know what you're doing. You'll be affecting another family. You'll be affecting another group of people unknowingly to you because you are doing what God has asked you to do. So I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit will help us. You see, Martin, you said,
4: Where are those men? Some of them are here now.
1: God is just saying.
4: It was a generic. I
1: understand. I understand. You're throwing out a challenge, and that's what God wants us to you know be aware of that we also need to arise it's 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 a very serious issue you've talked about
4: it's it's very refreshing to be able to have conversations like this because for myself it's been a long time of of dry dryness without this (coughs) yes so for me this is a real blessing Mm -hmm. to talk to you guys and to hear your opinions and Mm -hmm. to just share the word of god i think it's wonderful Mm. Well thank you very much. Kevin. I just I wish yeah. there I wish there was a hundred a hundred people up there.
6: Like um, think, <laughs> I, think, I think we might be surprised, but the, the, the um uh, we also said that uh, we are one body. Yes, absolutely. And we're about supporting each other and those yes. you know, things and and atkins talked about his workplace but equally the home place is quite difficult for many christians mm. they, you know they're really struggling to actually hold their families together in yes in these times yeah, t- yeah. yes you're right kevin yeah and, and we need to be there for each other that's what it tells us in the communion you know one corinthians 11 you know that's why people are you know sick and and in it you know and um and you know, do we really do we really care about the person sitting in the chair the pew next to us do we really care yeah. do we wonder what they're struggling with do we ever ask them do we know what they need well i, I get is
4: on sunday is Martok somewhere i go for an hour and a half and then go home mm-hmm. or is it a place where the lord wants me to be to be effective and useful and and find some value it's really important,
3: Martin. Sorry, this may be the thing. What's the stuff you've got in the background? Of your, you've got the, So, the, you've got some stuff like, you've got the vase, but it's on to over to the side. Is that is that some archaeology stuff, or is that
4: no? It's um, <laughs> I'm having some painting done in in my front room tomorrow. So I've I've taken all the items out of the front room and they're all in my little uh, study, <laughs> study. Okay, all right.
3: I was I was wondering what that was. It's the uh, oh, if you if you look,
4: I can't move. Look, I've got look, I've got bits of table and chairs.
3: <laughs>
4: do <dumb. laughs> Yeah.
3: So you you're kind of
4: quite kind of. Um, the... Yeah. So all, yeah, we're struggling a bit at the moment, but we're fine. We're fine, see, yeah. But my no. my, okay. my passion is 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 um men men the men of God. I really love to see men in operation. I really do, and looking after each other, supporting each other, talking about the Word of God. It's such a blessing. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, we'll stop here. Let me.
0: Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m.